0: Welcome to Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Catherine Miller. I'm the founder at the Miller Law Group and director at the Center for Understanding in Conflict, and I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And my guest today is Tommy Maloney. He's the author of the book's 25 Tips for Divorced Dads, Why Not You, Why Not Me, and his new book, My Dad's Advice at 5.04 a.m., coming out in the fall of this year. He's also the executive producer and host of the podcast Blending the Family. And you can hear him on Libsyn, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Radio, and many of the places you can also listen to this in the podcast form. And he's also a TEDx speaker and a Mind Said, Coach, welcome, Tommy Maloney. It's a pleasure to have you on the show,
1: Catherine. I'm excited. I'm pumped. Let's do the show.
0: <laughs> that sounds great. So, what got you into the divorced dads, you know, business? What's your story?
1: <laughs> well, we're going to go a little deeper than uh, you might want, but I come from divorce. My parents divorced. Uh, my one of my early childhood memories, unfortunately, was watching the day my dad left, and I knew from a young age that this is not a pleasant upbringing, and so when I got married the first time, I thought, Catherine, this is it. This is going to be the one and done, and six years later, that wasn't the case, and what I found out was there just wasn't enough resources for men for dads to be able to express themselves to be able to find out you know how can they figure out next steps thank goodness there's plenty of uh, resources for women and moms but like I said Catherine there just wasn't enough resources and uh, I found my purpose in life
0: what were you doing before
1: Well, I've always been in the world of facilitation, training, coaching, and this was just a new opportunity to try and serve uh, the dad's communities of letting them know that, for example, it's, it's okay to ask for help. And one of the things I learned after my divorce was that even though my former wife and I were going through marriage counseling the counselor that we were using I really liked her and felt that I needed to keep going to her instead of what in my view a lot of men do is after a breakup a, a separation they're looking for another relationship instead of working on the relationship of themselves and so that's what I found I needed I need to make sure that if I got into another relationship is it going to be a healthy relationship? And so, like I said, Catherine, I just happened to stumble upon, as Simon Sinek would say, I found my why.
0: Yeah. You know, it's really interesting because it sounds like you were in the helping profession before. And then when you become the person who really needs the most help of all, you know, the lessons that you can learn in that space and the mistakes that you make, even though you might think that you wouldn't make them, but you do. I don't mean just you, myself included, right? <laughs> I, I make that, you know, you know. But I, but I think the opportunity, and that was true for me. And when I got divorced myself at the end of my first marriage, I often use myself as an example of things not to do don't do this and don't do that but the, what I learned about that and how I learned about myself going through that and what I learned about the process really that's what put me on the course of having this mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity so Tommy Maloney what was one of the I mean one of the big lessons you're saying is that get help that no one should go it alone. And I think if I can extrapolate from what you said, if you don't work on yourself, you're just going to recreate in your second marriage or your future relationships, the same problems that broke up your first marriage. Is that right?
1: Well, oh, most definitely, Catherine. And like I said, I even from a young age, I'm not ashamed to say that I battled depression for many years. Uh, I've gone through my own suicidal uh, attempts and so at a very young age, I would say about 10 to 12 is when I really started to go through, again, depression. And luckily, I was able to go through counseling that my parents had arranged. And so again, I knew at a young age that it's okay to ask for help, that there are people out there that want to help you and, and find, you know, not necessarily just the root causes, Catherine, but. What can we learn from these experiences and what can we learn to uh, move forward on and growth? And so, again, one of my passions is just letting the men know that it's okay to ask for help. It's not a, again, it's not a sign of weakness. It's a total sign of strength.
0: Why do you think that men have such a hard time asking for help when they're going through a divorce?
1: Well, it's the same reason why men don't ask for directions, we're stubborn, <laughs> we think we're you know the ultimate fixers We're the ultimate Tim Allens that we can fix anything, give us any tool, even if it's the wrong tool. we're going to try and fix it, and so I think that's where men lack is the ability to take a step back and and look at the situation and say, "You know, I need help instead of trying to you know go through a wall by themselves and, and again just asking for help and realizing that, yeah, there are times where we just can't do it alone. And, you know, I'm very blessed in in my marriage that I have a great partner, and she can tell, you know, if I'm going through what I like to call my fog. So if I'm feeling down, it feels like the fog is rolled in, and she's very tuned to my feelings and to understand that don't go through this alone. You know, I'm here for you and supportive. So, again, it just goes back to Catherine. It's just asking for help. It's, there's nothing wrong with it.
0: I think what you're saying is that for some reason men feel shame to ask for help. Like there's some sort of cultural perceived norm that men know what to do to fix it. Men know how to take care of the situation or they don't. They should. And that somehow or other asking for help means that you're less than you should be. And that's not true.
1: I agree. Totally agree. I still feel that even though it's, you know, 2019, for a lot of men, it's still the 1950s where, you know, you come home and the expectation is dinner's on the table and you don't talk about your day, you you don't talk about your feelings. And so I agree with a wholeheartedly, Catherine, that it does feel that men have still have that shame stigma if they admit to their buddies that they're struggling, that they need help, because they're afraid the reaction they're going to get when maybe the person they're sitting next to, you know, maybe they're at the pub together and one is struggling. Well, maybe the other, your buddy is struggling too. And it's okay to just say, you know, I'm not feeling happy. I'm not feeling content. How do you feel? And so those are opportunities for men to just open up and let others know how they feel.
0: This is Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Katherine Miller. We're here on WVOX 1460 AM every other Wednesday from 5 to 530. Or perhaps you're listening on the podcast, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other various podcast sites, as well as on the podcast website, www.divorcedialogues.com, and I'm talking today with Tommy Maloney. He's a, a coach, I suppose, for divorcing men, in particular an author and a podcast host in his own right. And Tommy, what is what is one piece of advice, or maybe let me write, say, ask it this way. You say that it's really important for divorcing dads to CYA. What does that mean, and why do you say that?
1: Well, what I mean by that is dads are, very vital in in kids lives and when you go through a divorce when you go through a a separation one of the things that is brought up is what's called the parenting agreement and in the parenting agreement this is where you break down as far as uh, the children when you get them on what holidays how many days a year i mean it's Unfortunately, it's a very important document, and the life lesson I learned was after I went through my divorce, I really didn't look at that parenting agreement wholeheartedly because I was still in shock. It was a Sunday when my former wife asked for the divorce. Monday morning, I was getting ready to leave for a business trip, and by Wednesday, FedEx had brought the divorce papers, including the parenting agreement. And again, Catherine, I was in shock, you know, going through all this. And so I just signed everything because I didn't know any better. And so when it comes down to divorce, make sure that you do have a professional look at the parenting agreement. I've been burned several times because I didn't do that. One quick story was how My former uh, wife wanted to move out of state. We live in Colorado and she wanted to move back to her home state of Wisconsin. And I fought hard on that one. (laughs) Maxed out my credit card. (laughs) Yeah. So I maxed out my credit card. I took a loan from my uh, wife. I took another loan from a family member to help me, you know, keep my son. In the state of Colorado. And so, again, if I had just maybe received professional help on the parenting agreement, I never would have gone through that.
0: I mean, it might sound self-serving for me to say this, but I cannot agree with you more. I think to get professional advice from someone who is an expert in this area is is vital for all people. And I also want to say, Tommy Maloney, that to hear the news about the divorce on Sunday and be presented with papers to sign on Wednesday is almost unheard of in terms of the lightning speed of that. Anybody in your shoes would have been completely blindsided and and sort of just roiling with the emotional fallout from that kind of thing. So I can really, I have a lot of empathy for, for and compassion for your situation. That sounds really awful.
1: Well, looking back at it, <laughs> it was. Yeah. But now it's funny. My wife and I were um, in the mountains of Colorado this past weekend of just taking a a trip because we just needed... Time to connect, and one of the things that uh, she just happened to mention was how many years her and I are coming up on uh, seven years of being married, and my first marriage was six years, and so we've gone past that. My wife' her first marriage was fifteen years, so hopefully we'll 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 live past that marriage as well.
0: Well, congratulations on your second marriage. What are some Thank of the you. other lessons that you learned going through your your divorce? Your your one divorce,
1: right? One and done. Hopefully, right. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest lesson, Catherine, was taking the time with my son for granted, because again, when you get married, you think that's it. There's there's no way of a divorce, and you're going to be happy, you know, forever and ever. And so, again, it was taking my time with my son for granted, you know, coming back from business trips, tired. And my son wanted to go play. He wanted to, you know, spend time. And I always thought, well, we can always do this tomorrow, which wasn't the case. And so I remember right after the divorce that I saw on the History Channel, they did an interview uh, special about the comedian Tim Conway. And Tim Conway, after his divorce, he bought the house that was like right down the street from where his kids lived. And so I remembered that. And I re- remembered that it would be really cool to be able to stay within the same neighborhood. And so after my divorce, I, at the time, the company I was working for, I spent 100% time on the road, but the bonus was to that, Catherine, was I built up a lot of hotel points. So until I could find a place to live, my son and I spent birthdays in hotels. We spent an Easter in a hotel. We started to create really positive memories until one day my son said, you know, Dad, the hotel life is okay, but when are you going to get your own place? And that's when I remember that Uh, Episode on the History Channel of Tim Conway, and I found a townhome just a mile away from where he and his mom lived. And so I was able to take the time that I missed out and started to add more time. So taking your time for granted with your kids is probably the biggest life lesson I learned.
0: That's probably true for all of us, you know, divorced or not, that spending time with your kids there, as a friend of mine, once said, they're just passing through, right? You don't do that, right? <laughs> You don't. You don't have a lifetime with them, you know, living right. in, with you like that. So, you know, you write that when you first got divorced, you mailed your son's postcards from the towns you were working at, and that those are memories that he cherishes. So that sounds like you were able to also develop new traditions with your son that were precious to you as well.
1: Yeah, because again, I traveled hundred percent for work, I need to figure out a way, Catherine, of how do I stay connected with my son when I'm not in the same household? And so I took a pad of paper and started writing things down of what can I do, again, to stay connected. And the first thing that came to my mind was sending him postcards. And at the time, he was still young enough where he was just learning how to read so in my view, this was a great opportunity to not only send him something, but at the same time, write things down that he could eventually learn, as he was learning how to read, to read those postcards. And so he's 16 now. He told me in the past that he still has those postcards that I sent him. And so, you know, it's a, it really is the little things in life, Catherine, that can really make or break relationships. And I was just very fortunate to come up with that, you know, very simple idea of just sending postcards and again, creating memories. And like I said, my my son still has those postcards.
0: Yeah, it's really, it's interesting because you took what might have seemed like a liability that you weren't home a lot. I mean, you weren't nearby a lot, you were traveling a lot for work and you made an asset out of it by creating a memory for him and a keepsake from that time. Correct. This is Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Catherine Miller. We're here on WVOX 1460 AM every other Wednesday from 5 to 530 and I'm talking today with Tommy Maloney. Tommy's the author of a number of books and he works with divorcing dads. And Tommy, if people want to learn more about your books or your your services, how can they contact you or learn more?
1: Uh, They can simply go to the website which is called blendingthefamily.com. That's Blendingthefamily.com. Think of the Brady Bunch as the original blended family. That's how we are, except we can't afford Alice. <laughs>
0: Well, that's, uh, my family's like that too. Actually, we actually have a housekeeper named Alice. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't doesn't live with us. (laughs) She just comes in a couple of days and helps us out. But so I uh, am familiar with the analogy. Tell us about your new book, My Dad's Advice at 5.04 a.m. What's that about?
1: (laughs) My dad and I, we really built a positive relationship. And so, uh, even though at the opening of, of this interview, I talked about the day that I watched my dad leave, my dad and I have a great relationship. We talk at least once a week. He has a very unique sense of humor, hence where this book idea came from. When my son Connor was born, you're the excited dad and part of the process when your children are born, you need to start making the phone calls to the family you know, let them know they're an aunt or an uncle or grandmother or grandfather. And so first I had called my wife's mom, then I called my mom. Unfortunately, my first wife, her dad, uh, had passed away when she was a young girl. So the the next step was to call my dad. And when I called my dad, I said, hey, congratulations, you're the grandfather. And without blinking, my dad on the other end of the phone said, you know, Tom, do you know what your uh, responsibility is to your son now? And I'm just sitting back trying to muster up something logical at this time. And I said, well, I-, I guess it's just to love him for whoever he is and love him for life. And there was a long pause. and My dad said, Nope. <laughs> Your job as a father, as a parent, is to screw them up as best you can, like I did with you. And so, like I said, Catherine, my dad has a very unique sense of humor, but I understood what he was trying to say, and that is he understood that in the early years, he wasn't a great dad. He wasn't around, as we still talk about this today. But I wanted to take the positive lessons I had seen my dad. uh, There's a running joke amongst my dad's friends. He lives in Chicago. The famous street is called Michigan Avenue. And so the kid that my dad is the mayor of Michigan Avenue, because you can't go 10 feet without my dad knowing somebody. So that's one of the life lessons I learned from my dad is just to talk to people, learn about people, listen, the other life lesson I learned that I took with me uh, when my son started school was anytime we had a field trip in downtown Chicago, my dad would be a chaperone. And so I did that with my son. And so the book is about life lessons, not only learned from my dad, the title comes from when my son was born at 5.04 a.m., But I also wanted to spotlight in this book, Catherine, that there are other great dads out there that we need to showcase more and more positive fatherhood out there and less negativity. They say in the news business, if it bleeds, it leads. Well, I don't want that. I want to show moms and ladies out there because the book, as I was sitting and writing it, Catherine... I visualize somebody I know who is a single mom, she has two daughters, she has someone of an amicable relationship with her former spouse. And so that's who I visualize this book for, again, to show that there are good dads out there, that men aren't just sitting back and letting the world just go by, that these dads are involved, they are caring, they're, like I said, they go on field trips. We need more positive dad role models out there. So that's that's what essentially the book is about. And plus, I also talk about creating a blended family because somebody asked me once, do you think that blended families are the new norm? And so I, I talked about that as well.
0: You know, it's really interesting because as you were talking about involved dads, caring dads, and sometimes I think, though, that... People, as they're divorcing, want their co parent to show up as a parent in the way they want them to, not in the way they are showing up. You understand what I'm saying? And it can be really painful and really hard to let go of your vision of how the other person should be and what they should do and just sort of stay in your own lane and appreciate the parenting they are doing. Do you have any words about that?
1: (laughs) I used to dread Sundays. And the reason why is Sundays was when I would drop my son off back with his mom. And as soon as I would turn around and head back home, I would wait and wait for an email from my former spouse to let me know why I screwed up that weekend. And so one day I pulled over. I got my phone and I emailed her I said, I'm not going to always be a perfect parent. I'm going to do my best as I can. I'm going to love our son as best I can. So please stop letting me know how badly of a dad I'm doing. And so once, once that happened, Catherine, the negativity of the email stopped. And so I agree with you that there are times where, you know, again, going back to a lot of men, they want to fix everything. So, that's part of co-parenting, is that if the former spouse isn't doing it the right way, they're going to let them know. And that needs to the kibosh on it, because you can't control them. You can only control your world. You can only uh, control what's going on around your household, and to just stop doing that.
0: You know, it's interesting that you can control how you respond to the other person, right? So you don't have to, if you're criticized or it feels like you're being criticized, you know, you don't have to have a reaction to that. You can just say, well, that's how they are. And, you know, and hopefully one day they'll let that go.
1: Hopefully.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But that's, again, that's not something that you can control. Well, Tommy Maloney, it has been a pleasure to have you on Dialogue on Divorce. Thank you so much for being our guest.
1: Catherine, thank you so much. And to all your listeners out there, love the show. You've got some great guests. Love what you're doing. And thank you so much, Catherine.
0: Thank you.